I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And is it just me or is everyone else noticing just that little bit of difference in the angle of the sun and affecting the behavior of wildlife and fish? It happens about this time of year, every year, and it's still hot, but still get into the hunting mode. Get those deer stands ready, uh, food plots. Not thinking about putting up those duck blinds and getting the old duck boat out and getting ready for it because it certainly is coming. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Outdoor Show. Uh, this morning, we got a great show lined up for you. Some big news coming out of the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting this week. Uh, if you're a fan of speckled trout fishing or duck hunting, goose hunting, uh, there were some developments from this week's meeting that possibly and certainly will affect you and want you to text if you agree with what changes are likely to happen for the next five years. You can text us at 504 504- Two six zero one eight seventy, And just when Alabama offshore anglers thought red snapper season was over, well, think again. It's like a, a famous guy named Yogi once said, it ain't over till it's over. And even though Alabama said they were shutting down the red snapper season, it ain't over. We got some good news for Alabama anglers. Not so good news for Texas. Uh, its waters are, have been, federal waters, that is, have been closed for red snapper fishing. They've reached their quota. I'll also update you on where Louisiana stands and what but how many more weeks? So we figured we've got to get out there and catch those beautiful red snapper. Well, the corona event cancellations and postponement keep on piling up. The latest casualty is one that's been going on for almost 50 years. It'll be the 49th year this year. But uh, there will be no organized events for the uh, National Hunting and Fishing Day, Louisiana style. And, of course, uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you watch the last By the Bayou Wild episode. It's called Still No Prince. It's a frogging uh, adventure with Miss Louisiana at Crawfish Haven. Did a little bit of cooking and touring of what is called the frog capital of the world down in Rain, Louisiana. We also have for your listening pleasure the strange case of a bad, not boy, a bad girl of the outdoors. And, of course, we got live reports each week we do this. we got folks in the know to help you find and catch some fish. Coastal Marine forecast from the National Weather Service is coming up. And we always welcome your general questions and comments. As much as we have time for them, we welcome on our text line at 504-260-1870. Also got a very special feature coming up on next week's show I'll tell you about. Uh, Looking at that coastal marine forecast, about a 30% chance of rain along the Gulf Coast today. Uh, Offshore, west, switching to southerly winds, but very light. Five knots is the forecast, one to two foot seas. Yeah, we're in that time of year where these hot days in August just flatten things out, particularly during the middle of the day. A little breezy in the morning and evenings. Uh, inshore, west to southeast winds, 5 to 10, going to be a light chop. Tomorrow, almost a repeat, those offshore winds will be southeast, 5 to 10, 1 to 2 foot seas, and a southerly breeze on the interior lakes and bays, 5 to 10, uh, with a slight chop there. 
Average tide range is pretty average itself. It's about 0.6, not a great tide, but enough to move it and get some fish going. Mississippi River level has dropped to 4.5. I haven't seen that in a while, but there is a tendency for a little rise. I uh, got an early morning report in from uh, Martha Spencer, our co-host. And Martha's uh, down in, in Venice getting out ready to do some fishing offshore. Uh, she says that uh, she saw some lightning on some of the morning storms. Yeah, I saw them on the radar, but they're widely scattered and little pop-up things. She said they'll calm down before they make it out in the Gulf. Uh, tarpon fishing's been really hot in Venice, as well as Bull Reds just outside the passes. She saw two boats with six tarpon flags between them. That is great when two boats can get in on six tarpon brought to the boat. Uh, pogies are everywhere. Offshore been a little bit challenging for the tuna and the wahoo and the pelagic species. But snapper fishing is really good, and I'll give you the latest count coming up just a little bit on Louisiana where we think that's going to be. All right, so we got a full two hours ahead of us. Stay with me and enjoy it, and we're coming back to talk to Robbie Campo and Shelby. I want to find out where I can get one of those Shell Beach, uh, those Campo Marina T-shirts. I'm sure he can tell me. Back with his fishing report after this time out on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Net. All right, Shell Beach is the place. Campos Marina is there, and Robbie brings us updates each and every week. Robbie, what can you tell us about fishing this week down in St. Bernard? Well, I'll tell you what, Don, it was one week you'll never forget. Man, well, I've seen more boxes of fish come across this dock this week here being cleaned on my table, I'm telling you, in a long, long time. Uh, and, and, you know, they caught fish, Don, from – from Stone Island, Iron Bank, and I'm talking about places that you don't hear about, <clears throat> you know, that you haven't heard about in the last six or seven years due to high rivers. So if you're a Delacroix guy and you want to fish that Black Bay area, this is your time to shine because they caught fish over at Stone Island, they caught fish over at Iron Banks, they caught fish at Old Black Tank, they caught fish at Battle Door. I mean, you know, all the way wrapped around the five wells, 32 dope boats, um, you know, it's you know, and if you want to fish that Black Bay area, Del, you know, go to Delacroix and you just run straight out of Bayatera Buff and you're right there. And you know, Don, it's it's just been a phenomenal week. If you're coming on, if you want to go fish the Long Rocks, the Long Rocks has been awesome this whole week, and it has looked like a parking lot all week. But man, they have caught some fish over there at the Long Rocks, uh, Bay Elwha, Lake Anastasio. You know, uh, the islands have been good. Uh, Curlew, uh, Grand Gosha, Gosha, uh, you know, all of that stuff has been real, real, real good fishing. Breton Island has been good. Uh, you know, all the way up to Isla Peak. You just cannot go wrong. This is the time to go catch these fish out here. The water is really salty. You know, the river has come down, and, and it's just, I mean, it, it's just phenomenal fishing. I don't think I've ever seen it any better. I, I think they're going to have a really hard time convincing people to drop limits, Don, when, when the fishing is this good. And, and you know, you know I'm an anti-freshwater guy, so, you know, that, but that's a story for another time. But when the salt water comes in and, the, and all these trout are being caught, it, it, you know, it, it's kind of hard for somebody to make an argument that there's that there's a lack of trout. So, um, you know, uh, we're seeing a decrease in, in speckled trout fishing. So, you know, it's all it's all in what Mother Nature gives us, and she gives us the fresh water. There's the fish. So, uh, you know, I'm going to have a real hard time, uh, you know, with a with a with a drop in a limit with at 15 fish. I'll promise you that. So, but because I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's just been off the charts with fishing. Red fishing the inside down around Lake Barn has just been great. 
he's got to catch in his last little bit of falling tide in the morning. I know we're, gonna, we're on the backside of the moon now, so we're going to probably see a decrease in tide. Probably not going to see as much tide as we saw earlier in the week. But um, I still think you could go out there and get it done. I think there's going to be enough tide movement to go get it done. Uh, and those live crickets, man, i tell you what, boy, that we've been selling. I'll tell you, Don, that's just been the bait, man. It's been good. Now, I talked to some people on the other side of the river that that fished over there, and they fish mostly plastics over in that Barataria Bay area. And um, uh, the guys from over at United Rentals, actually, and uh, – they told me, they, you know, you can't get live bait over there, so they just use plastics. He said they've been catching some really nice fish that way too. But uh, I, I tell you, this live shrimp thing, man, it, it really works, buddy. So if you're coming down, hook the left at the bridge and come on down and see us. If you're going to go to, you know, if you want to fish that Black Bay area, go down and go see in serenades and sweet water down there and go go fishing, man. It's, it, this is the time to shine, buddy. So. You know, come on down and see us. We're going to be waiting on you. We're going to get you in the water. We're going to get you parked. We're going to get you bait and get you going. You know, Robbie, uh, you mentioned some spots on there that made me think about doing these reports 15 to 20 years ago, places you haven't heard in a while, like the Dope Boat, uh, Black Tank, Iron Banks, those kind of places. It has been a while since it's been on like Donkey Kong, but it seems like it's happening right now, and it's, it's high salinities and a lot of fish there. You know, I, I just wish that this season – could have gotten underneath the belt before they started these discussions on what to do with the speckled trout because I think this is shedding a lot of light on on how many fish are out there that might not have been inventoried under under the conditions when we had all the high river years. So I don't know what's going to happen with it. It could change, but it looks like it's probably going to be a, a done deal, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it more about what I think they're going to go to because it's coming up and – they're going to have to make a decision on it. But uh, as you said, you certainly couldn't convince anybody there's an overfish situation of speckled trout if you looked at it. But, again, this is a snapshot. This is one week, but it, it is very refreshing and, 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 and actually uh, confirms that there are still a lot of speckled trout out there. It's not as bad as what everybody thinks it is. Well, well you know, Don, if you, if you look back up into the spring, we had speckled trout in Lake Bourne here. Even though they opened that spillway up, we had speckled trout at Lake Bourne here. Just uh, you know, up until that crystal ball came uh, came through, we were catching you know we were catching good trout right here in Lake Bourne up on the eastern shoreline. Now, and, and it was big fish, so it was probably Lake Pontchartrain fish that got pushed out with that spillway. But nevertheless, you know, it's been it's been a pretty good it's been a pretty good season so far. And then you know, at, you know when this these this other little thing passed through going to Texas a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, whatever. I mean, we just got all the salt water in here, and then we got a low river. I mean, it's just, I mean, the fishing has just turned on, and it's just been phenomenal. So, you know, I know it's hot. People stay hydrated. I, I mean, I, I tell you, I had some people come in this week that was not looking so good from this heat, but, you know, <laughs> look, stay hydrated. Well. But drink plenty, plenty of water ice. and, 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 get, and yeah, ice. yeah, try to get out here, get it early, and get it done. All right, Robbie, that sounds good. Look, one last thing: where can I get one of those Campo Marina T-shirts? Now, I don't want, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I want the pink one, but the blue ones I yeah, really okay. like. Where well, can I get one? Well, can I order well, it online, you know, have, or I got to come down and get? Yes, it? you can. You, no, 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 no. We have an online store. Uh, you can go to uh, t-shirtpoolboy.com. And uh, look up Campos Marina, and that's where our uh, that's that's our online store. So um, yeah, and you could call and you could order anything you want, and it'll get shipped right to your door in just a couple of days. 
Can't make we it have the neck, neck gaiters. We have everything on that, man. You decide. We got a big old store. We sell baby clothes, toddlers, for toddlers onesies. <laughs> we got it all, man. <laughs> you know, we got it all. I could just. You want to you want to put just, your baby in a onesie with Campos Marine on? We got you covered. So yeah, you know, go I can check hear it out. I can hear I, I can hear Grandpa Blackie now. What we got us a, a clothing store down at the Marine? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly correct. <laughs> yeah, he'd have loved it. He'd have loved it. He'd look good yep. in one too. Robbie, thanks Absolutely. as always, my friend. Great, All right, great report. Talk to you next we'll talk week. Talk to you next week. Yes, okay, sir. buddy. Bye, bye, Campos. Campos Marina, Shell Beach, a legendary establishment. Been in business, oh, God, well over 100 years, I believe. All right, when we come back after this, we're going to go completely opposite end of the state. We're going west, catch up with Captain Kirk, find out what's happening over in the Calcasieu area. Hopefully it's as good as what's going on in the east. Back with his report after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And if you're out in the Hackberry area and you want to go where no man's gone before, well, forget it. This guy, well, at least one of the stances has probably already been there all the years they've been fishing. I'm talking about Hackberry Rod and Gun. Captain Kirk Stansel joins us. And, Kirk, man, I just got one of the best reports from the east side of the state saltwater fishing that I've gotten all year. How's it been over in the west? Well, the fishing is good over here. It's been real good. Uh, catching fish up and down the channel. Uh, it's it, <laughs> Typical summer pattern for us, Don. Uh, up and down the ship channel, you know, when the tide slacks off and the water gets clean, the jetties have been good the last three days. And uh, not much on the beachfront, but the offshore rigs have been good as well. Uh, it, it, a lot of fish caught the last three or four days. Is this the, the time when we start getting into that transition period where you got to change your, your tactics as far as the way you're fishing, the depth you're fishing, that kind of stuff? Uh, kind of, you know, uh, like at the jetties, if you're fishing live bait, you need to go deeper with your popping cork. Uh, and if you tie line, you need to float that bait down about four or five feet down. Uh, if you get it too high up in the water column, you're getting sharks and ladyfish. Get it too low, you get catfish. You know, these fish are running a little bit deeper and they're not hitting artificial as well. Uh, they're hitting okay up in the ship channel up, say toward washout nine miles, catching them on, uh, on jigs, but, you know, there's a lot of ladyfish. You just got to know what you're doing and know the difference in the bite between a ladyfish and a uh, and a trout because when that ladyfish hits it, you don't want to set the hook and jerk it and all that stuff. Just let them hit it. They'll normally come off. If you can get that bait down below the ladyfish, the trout will be there. Yeah, they'll come off if you're lucky. <laughs> Otherwise, you got to yeah. deal with a, <laughs> a slimy, right. bloody mess right there sometimes. Oh, man. Well, Kirk, what about – uh, what? No. Well, what about Prean Lake? Uh, with the salinities down, I guess that river's been treating y'all pretty good this year. I know there was some action going been. on up that far. You know, I've got one of my captains that runs up there. He was. Now, the last two weeks, he hasn't run up there. He was catching them up there. Water was real pretty uh, and, and doing real well up in Prean, up all the way into Lake Charles, uh, catching a lot of fish. So, yeah, that bites. You know, it, the fish pretty much, they're all over the lake. The ones in the lake, there's a lot of small fish, a lot of undersized. Um, now, the the artificial reefs in the middle of the lake, if you can catch some calm days, if you know you're fight, you're going to be fighting boat traffic. But uh, if you can get there early enough, you can catch some nice fish early on those reefs. Good deal, Kirk. I know you guys don't do a lot of it, but uh, crabbing. There's a lot of crabbing opportunities out your way. What kind of season have y'all had? A lot of the areas have really experienced some some outstanding crab action this year. Yeah, it's been good over here. I, you know what I see uh, over behind Grand Bayou, 
you, know, you went through those weirs with, with me one morning. They've just uh-huh. been they've been killing them over there. I mean, everybody goes gets their limit every you know every time they go. There's a lot of crabs. Good deal. Well, I, I'm not so much on catching them as eating them. You know, they, that's what I. Well, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd rather catch fish and eat crabs. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Kurt, give us some information on how to get a hold of you. We got you on my website, and a lot of people are familiar with that. But give us your website and telephone number for Hackberry Rod and Gun. Okay, well, our web address is uh, hackberryrodandgun.com, and then our number is toll-free if you're from out of the area. It's uh, 888-762-3391. How's your bookings been? Are you guys recovering a little bit from all this corona we, stuff? Yeah, we are. You know, we keep good records. We're down 40% for the year, uh, yeah. which I'm happy. You know, the corporate business is what's down. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we're able to keep our doors open. You know, there's so many uh, people, exactly. Don, that, you, you know, exactly. so I'm happy to keep people working. And, uh, we'll, you know, it'll it'll rebound and, you know, we'll we'll make some money later on. But right now I want to keep people working. All right. Let's get hope for some nice cold weather and we get some ducks down here. That's next. That's right. Teal season right around the corner. I can't <laughs> wait. Kirk, thanks for the report. We appreciate it, my friend. Y'all stay safe. Okay, Don. All right. Thanks. Captain Kirk Stance, I'll tell you what, what a great family, what a great bunch of people. And uh, if you're looking for a, a little excursion, uh, check them out, hackberryrodandgun.com. All right, we come back after this. All right, I'm going to tell you what went on behind the closed doors of the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting. If you are a duck hunter or a speckled trout fisherman, got two issues coming up for a final vote that will affect you for the next five years. I'd like you to compare notes with me and maybe shoot me a text. Getting a lot of text in, too, 504 260 Back to share them with you right after this. Well, the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission uh, met in Baton Rouge, their regular monthly meeting, and a couple of really hot topics that were discussed and some reports that were presented uh, by Larry Reynolds, who is the state's uh, waterfowl uh, study leader. And, uh, you know, in case you're not aware of it, because ducks are regulated on a federal level, uh, each state gets frameworks to choose from, and they've got to make decisions. And recently there was a change where uh, so people could plan ahead and, and, and know what's coming up. They, we started setting duck seasons and regulations, not specifically species and exact dates, but uh, at least the zone set up and the number of splits, uh, that type of thing. And it lasts for five years, and you've got to live or die with it once it's set. And we're in the process right now of, of getting that done. Uh, there was extensive surveys, public meetings that were held <clears throat> to get input from the duck hunters, which I think they did a pretty fair job of doing that. And they came away with some conclusions that they presented <clears throat> to the commissioners who will make these decisions. They found that the biggest dissatisfaction of hunters was with uh, the season dates more than being worried about whether we had east, west, north, south, whatever the zones were. Uh, and while there was no clear favorite in the overall zones and split options, uh, they did come up with a majority supporting an east or west, which is a two-zone and two-split option. Uh, basically, if you looked at a map of Louisiana, it would kind of be a diagonal line starting about the center of the, the state and running down, uh, you know, just that reaches the coast and follows Highway 90. So it's kind of strange because you have an east zone and a west zone, and Venice 
and Grand Isle and Coquitry and all those areas are actually considered in the West Zone. Now, when Venice and St. Bernard Parish is considered the West Zone, a lot of people get confused because that's the easternmost part of the state. But the line takes a curve, follows to the tip of the boot, and the idea is to try to keep the inland areas separated from the coastal so that they can set different dates. But I'm going to say that they need to make the decision on this in time for October's meeting. So the commissioners will probably at the next commission meeting, September, or at least by the October, uh, have a decision. I, they're probably going to have to have some time for public input. So I'm thinking uh, maybe by the October, possibly September, uh, we will know what zones and splits we will definitely have for the next five years. But according to what the, the hunters want, the majority, it would be for a two-zone, two-split season, which means you'd have three for all intents and purposes, opening day weekends. All right, right after this quick pause, I'm going to come back and tell you what action I think is going to happen with the speckled trout situation right after we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. I think one of those frogs that we caught out there in Kaplan got caught in my throat. Anyway, uh, we'll tell you more about that coming up on Bayou Wild TV. But uh, the latest evaluation, you heard Robbie and I talking about this earlier from the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. They do a a study every five years. They have to do a a stock assessment. The latest assessment said that the speckled trout population in Louisiana was overfished. So the recommendation was to do a 20% reduction in the annual harvest for a five-year recovery timeline. Uh, I think I, I got to commend the department, Jason Adriance and Rex Caffey and that whole staff that worked on this did an excellent job of getting the information to the public and getting the feedback. Uh, they did it in several ways. They had a series of public meetings. I attended them. I told you about all of them. Hopefully you got a chance to go and listen. If not, then they also did an email survey and they did a web survey. They were 11,000 emails they sent out with survey information as far as preference and here's what they came back with the number one preference by people who responded in any of those fashions was to go to 15 fish 13 and a half inch minimum size right now it's at 12 inch minimum 25 16.43 prefer 15 fish 13.5 inches in length now that 0.5 measurement could get a little sticky but that, according to the department, will get it done. The second one, which was not even half as many people, 7.74, wanted 12 fish at a 13-inch limit. Then uh, for 25 fish, keep the limit the same, but raise the minimum size. There was only 3% net support for that. Uh, not very many people like 10 fish at 12 inches. Uh, very few people wanted to do that, and even less wanted to go with 12 fish a 12 to 20 inch slot similar to the redfish where you could keep one over 20 inches. Now, one of the caveats in this thing was that, you know, the email and the web surveys contained all the options. The public meeting, it was not presented to go with 15 fish and 13 and a half at those public meetings as an option. That came a bit about later based on the response of the, the people who responded to the survey. So the next steps it's going to be they have to bring what's called a notice of intent to the commission at one of the next meetings, uh, and they're asking the commission, based on the, the presentation they made, what should be in that. In other words, what are they going to throw out there for the public to comment on and then finally adopt? 
And looking at the, the large number of support, the heavy support for the 15 fish and the 13 half inch, I would say that's probably where this is going to end up. Nothing set in stone. Like Yogi says, it ain't over till it's over. But looking at the, the preferences and the difference in the numbers, uh, I would think that that's where it's going to end up. What do you think about those? Duck hunting and speckled trout hunting over the next five years? Uh, are you agreeing with that? Would you like to see something different? Or are you okay with it? Text us, 504-260-1870. And we'll be back to share some of these text messages with you and get some more fishing reports and talk about that stuff you and I love to talk about every Saturday morning. We do it right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, uh, getting back to our text board, uh, we got someone wanting to know about catching bass on the East Pearl River. Anybody had a good trip over there? Text me. We'll help him out. He also says, uh, want to know what baits they'd be catching them on. Uh, As far as speckled trout proposals, I'm good with the 13-inch size limit. Let me tell you, going 12 to 13 and a half inch, that'll make a a difference on how many fish you'll bring home. Uh, Here's one says, do you know how many boats are launched during a normal week at Campos Marina? Compared to five years ago, well, Robbie'd have that. Just wondering how much more fishing pressure has increased over the last five years. There's no doubt about it. There are more people fishing, particularly this year with the coronavirus uh, closures on other things. People are turning their thoughts and activities to the outer doors, and I'm sure there's a lot more pressure than there has been. All right, uh, does the commission address the overfishing by the pogie bait boats when lowering speckled trout limits? Uh, hopefully that would be, they, they say they consider all things or uh, input into to factor it in. Uh, here's one that says, has Wildlife and Fisheries provided anything about the online hunter safety class? That's from Bo. Uh, not yet, Bo. Uh, as all I can tell you is they're still working on it. And, of course, you know, when you're setting up things online, it sometimes takes some time to get that done. And uh, they are resuming the in-person classes, though, despite the fact that we've got the the social distancing issue, and there's a list of the ones you can attend on their website. Uh, to Texter2217, get some help, really. All right, here's one. Uh, we get a lot of uh, uh, attention on our Bayou Wild Season 5 premiere show called uh, Still No Prince, and this one says it's from the Louisiana Embassy in West Mobile. And the Merliton capital of Alabama uh, enjoyed the premiere episode of Bayou Wild TV on frogging with Megan. And a big congratulation to Chris on his award. That's from David. Uh, yeah, Chris Lecoq, our, our uh, editor and producer, photographer, uh, just picked up two Emmy trophies. And you can go on our Facebook page or my Facebook page and see him, what he won those four. Guy does a fantastic job, and he's to be certainly congratulated on that. Uh, Here's one. I fished Blood River yesterday. Didn't get a single bite. Great show as usual. River rat. Uh, You know, some days are like that. I don't know what time you went. Probably, you know, that water warms up. You've got to find some shady areas and also some moving water. And maybe fish early and late would be my advice to get some improvement on that. All right. We have a couple of Justins who text us. This is Justin the duck guy. He wants duck hunting to have one opening day statewide. I'm sure you've got a reason for that, maybe to spread out the, the, the hunting because if, you know, when, when you've got different zones, people tend to move into those. But having two zones gives a lot of people more opportunity to spend days in the field. So it's a trade-off. Uh, do you agree with Justin? you think there should be one opening day uh, statewide or should there be two split into those two zones where the dates are different? Uh, here's the other Justin, uh, his first frogging. He asked about snakes and gators. 
And they said that's a risk you're going to have to take. <laughs> well, it is. It's not a big risk, but you know, there's always risk in everything you do. What are you going to do, just sit around and lock yourself up all day? Uh, here's someone uh, going out to catch some bass, hoping to beat the heat. And, uh, again, uh, when you come back in, <laughs> go get some help. <laughs> really, you really – I'm serious. You need it. All right, uh, here's uh, Justin in the Gentilly Wildlife Adventure. Uh, Bayou Wild TV was great. Megan Cruz, who is Miss Louisiana, super cool. Um, okay, you want to get a text in? Here's how to do it, 504-260-1870. All right, let's talk a little bit about red snapper. Uh, red snapper, let me update you. If you're fishing them in Texas, uh, it shut down earlier this week. Uh, they had reached their quota. You know, now the states are managing their own federal waters for their particular state. They have quotas set. When that quota is estimated to be reached, they shut it down. So, uh, they Now, they can keep fishing uh, in Texas waters, which is not a whole lot of snapper in Texas waters, but it uh, closed at uh, Monday at 12.01 a.m. Now, Alabama's got a break. Uh, they thought that they had reached the quota, which was uh, 1 million, one, a little over 1.1 million pounds. But now that they've gone back and looked at the numbers, they estimate that there's about 100,000 pounds left over, still remaining. So they're under quota. So with that in mind, uh, they are going to find out how they're going to use them to get those fish. Uh, they had opened their, their weekends, including Monday, which some people felt that that was the reason why their season ended so early because, you know, the more days out there, the more fish are caught and the shorter the length. Had they left it at Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, probably would have lasted a little longer. But anyway, we'll let you know when they decide what dates they're going to uh, choose to let people go out and catch the rest of their quota. As far as Louisiana, uh, 78% of our quota was uh, caught through July 26, which is a while back. So I don't know. I thought it might hold out till Labor Day weekend, but it might only go a couple more weeks at the most, depending on the weather conditions, the pressure. And that's the good thing about it. It's, uh, it gives them a, a real-time picture of what's being caught, and it's really better to manage it so we can get – the most fish for our fishing dollar. All right, coming back after this, well, let's see. We had a good report west. We had a great report east. I got a feeling that the report from the central part of the state, Grand Isle, Baratang, and Cocodry, got to be good. Darrell Carpenter joins us next. I think they're catching fish off the charts down there right now. We're back to find out what's happening on Grand Isle and Leeville and all those areas there right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, let's talk to Captain Daryl Carpenter of RealScreamers.com. Daryl, Doug told me you're either in a hurricane or uh, the weather forecast is wrong. I think you're running in a boat. Tell me what's going on with the noise. Uh, a little bit of both, Don, and, and we got some thunderstorms trying to form up right over the top of us, so the wind's kicking up a little bit. Yeah, I don't think it's anything extensive. I think they're little pockets of, of storms that break up, and then they kind of peter out once they drop a little rain and burn themselves out. How's the fishing been down there? As good as most of the rest of the coast? Oh, Don, uh, I don't know if you remember several years ago I called you and told you I needed extra time for a spot. It's been one of those weeks. Uh, now, we're losing some of our tide range this week, so hopefully the fight stays. But, man, I mean, it's just been it's been listening as long as you sit down on the right place anywhere from the Elmer's Island to four by you pass, it's just been full of fish. And you don't need to lie bait. I mean, we I think all week long I may have used five shrimp and twenty croakers. Uh, everything's been on plastic. They've been chewing real good, they've been hungry. And and you can tell they're hungry when you start catching on the plastic and they're good. 
judge you. It doesn't have to be under a car. We're catching them both. Under cars, on the bottom, you name it. Uh, we're catching them in both places. Uh, all techniques. Everything's worked. Well, that sounds great. Now, what size are those fish? The people I talked to that were down there this week said they, these are not your regular school trout. These are some pretty decent-sized fish. Well, the fish I've been on, Don, has had a whole lot of school trout mixed in with them. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, we've had several in the two-, three-pound range. Uh, just very, very consistent on that part of it. Uh, a lot of, I mean, yesterday I think we came back with 91 yesterday, but I think we caught 350 to keep those 91. So it's been a little wow. bit of both. Uh, some really, yeah, some really, really good fish mixed in with them. But a whole, you got to go through a whole lot of small ones to get to them sometimes. Well, I don't know if you heard, but it looks like the overwhelming majority of people responding to the speckled trout surveys are, are opting for the 13-and-a-half-inch minimum to raise it an inch and a half and to drop it uh, 10 fish to go to 15. How many fish do you think you'd have to go through to get 13-and-a-half as opposed to 12? Uh, on, on some of the schools we've been on, probably a whole heck of a lot some days. But, I mean, really, 13-and-a-half, now we're going to have to start measuring in half-inch increments. You know, yeah, yeah. All those little uh, decals with the speckled trout marks, hash marks on them. That's all going to have to be changed if we go to a different size limit. Not just that, but I mean, uh, you're going to take the time. You're going to have to take the measure the increments. I mean, uh, hopefully, hopefully the department division passed that. Uh, just, I haven't seen the results that survey. Like, hopefully, the department's got enough sense to pass that. Well, you know, it's uh, it's overwhelming. It's more than twice the, the second option. That's been the choice, the majority of the fishermen that have responded so far, and that's the information they're going to present to the commission, and it'll be up to the commissioners to decide what they want to do. But that's the biologist's recommendation so far, would be to, to go with 15 fish, 13-and-a-half-inch minimum size. How would that uh, fit, stick with uh, the charter boat guys in your area? What is, what is the consensus? Uh, like I said, I, I don't see it, Don. I don't see the wisdom in it, especially going to, I mean, if they want to increase the size, that's fine, but let's do it in one inch. That, my personal you know, having no time to really digest this and just thinking about it, going to half-inch increments, I, I just don't see it. Uh, you know, I mean, well, I mean they I give the option. Old, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they also give the option of a flat 13-inch, but then you'd have to go down to 12 fish instead of 15. Yeah, I, I don't – I personally don't see that happening either. You know, I mean, yeah. well, they'll, of course, present, you know what, I would, uh, present those findings. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, w- I would like to see them consider maybe different sizes for different zones, which complicates things a little bit. you got to know where you are to know what regulation is, but we've had it for years out in the western part of the state because, you know, different habitats – have different size fish. Like where you are, fish are plentiful. You probably got more trout than anywhere else in the state, but they have a tendency to be small. So maybe they well, can the get other that thing, reflected in the in the regulations. You know, and I, I know biologists biologists dismiss quote unquote anecdotal evidence a lot. But the other thing is they really need to come spend some time on our boat. Because if you're if you're going if they're gonna increase it to thirteen and a half and you know, or thirteen, even thirteen for the first year or two, until your fish grow into that into that that size slot, you know they they're they're doing this on a mortality rate of ten percent, anywhere from ten to twenty five percent on the trout. You get anywhere around this bar- barataria basin, your mortality your mortality survival rate is zero. 
I mean, it's just every, every fish you throw overboard, as it is, you're having to speed race them to the boat to try to beat the dolphin. And then every fish that you end up having to throw back goes right into the teeth of a dolphin. So, I mean, there's no survival rate. So the more you throw back, the more fish you're killing anyhow. That's, that's our opinion down here. Got it. You know? Well, Darrell, look, you go ahead and get your fish. I'm going to take care of telling people how to find you, and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. Uh, glad to hear you're doing so well, and I hope this weather continues for you and the trend stays. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right. You can find Daryl at uh, Real, Real Screamers. That's R-E-E-L, screamers.com. And if you want to f- call him on the phone, it's 225-937-6288. Okay, Reed Alamon, that's the guy you hear singing. He sings us out of our number one. We got our two coming back. Uh, Captain Ryan Lambert's going to join us. Mike Gallo, going to have a, another fishing report from the eastern part of the state. Also going to tell you about a bad girl of the outdoor. One of the strangest bad boy or girl cases we've had on this show in a long time. We'll tell you about that. And a whole lot more information coming at you right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And welcome into hour number two. We've got some good fishing reports coming up with uh, Captain Mike Gallo. By the way, if you've ever wanted to go fishing with Captain Mike and uh, stay at his lodge, well, you're going to have a great opportunity. Uh, they are taking part in a benefit raffle. Uh, to for the uh, Purple Heart Association, and we'll give you the details. He and Sito have combined to put that together, and you got a great chance to win that. I'll tell you all about it. All right, also uh, something uh, that is really kind of sad, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries announced a cancellation of their National Hunting and Fishing Day event. As you may know, for many, many years now, I don't know how many decades this has been going on, National Hunting and Fishing Day was established almost 50 years ago. It was back in 1972. And states uh, all across the, the nation would celebrate with their own local events. And in Louisiana, we had oh, about four or five of them that took place. They were organized. And, you know, it kind of was a, a, a sample, if you will, of the hunting and the fishing and uh, all the different activities that uh, the outdoors offers in our state. And they had them in uh, Wadil and Baton Rouge. There were some down near Lafayette. There were some up in Woodworth and up in north Louisiana. Unfortunately, due to the coronavirus and uh, the, the social distancing, they have chosen to cancel this year. So it will not be held. That doesn't mean you can't go hunting and fishing on National Hunting and Fishing Day. And it will be on September the 26th. That's the day of the weekend of the event. Uh, there'll be some dove seasons and teal seasons open by then, maybe even a squirrel hunt in some areas. And also, of course, you can fish year-round. So you can celebrate it in your own fashion, but the official uh, events, which were very, very nice, well-organized, and well-attended, will will not be held this year because of that. All right, also, don't forget, uh, time is, is running out now uh, to get your star ticket, the Coastal Conservation Association. Uh, they've got over 30 way stations and ticket outlets. You can go online and get it. If you're going to be fishing between now and Labor Day, believe me, it's inexpensive enough because you may end up catching one of those tagged reds. There's already been two caught by pre-registered folks. And then there are just an enormous number of categories by division of state for speckled trout, redfish. I was looking for any big changes, and I didn't see anything that popped up on this week uh, from the last week. So the ones that are in the lead are pretty safe, but you never know. Again, I'll keep saying this all morning, it ain't over till it's over. Uh, don't forget they got a bank fishing category, too. Uh, and also you've got uh, the youth division. That is one that just a lot of people don't participate. doesn't take much. Just catch a 14-inch a, a trout or a flounder, 
And all you do is take a picture of it, send it in, and the kid gets a chance to win their own very personal boat, motor, and trailer. And I've interviewed some of those kids uh, October. Hopefully things will loosen up and they'll be able to have their award ceremony at uh, Live Oak Arabians in Baton Rouge in October. It's always a great event. All right, we come back after this break. Mike Gallo joins us. He's going to talk about fishing, and he's going to talk about a raffle where you can fish with him. Right after we pause this three minutes for an Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network break. And your Born on the Bayou report with Captain Mike Gallo is a presentation of CETO. You know them. They're like the AAA on the water, selling peace of mind, fuel drop-offs, tow-in 24-7, jump-start electrical problems, all of that for $179 per year. Go to CETO.com or call Captain Chris. He will sign you up in a heartbeat at 504-301-4545. Mike Gallo joins us now. And, Mike, uh, I want to talk first about this great opportunity that is being offered to people to get a two-night stay and a fishing trip with you, as well as a CETO membership to benefit the Purple Heart Association, which, by the way, National Purple Heart Day, which is a wonderful organization and what an award that is, was yesterday. So tell us the details on this raffle. How can they get tickets? Well, Don, it's very simple. You can go to auxiliaryraffle.org. You can buy a $10 raffle ticket, and hopefully you win. If you win, you get a two-night stay at my Spots and Dots Lodge, and we'll take you on a fishing trip in beautiful South Louisiana. All proceeds go to our wounded war veterans. So even if you don't win, your money's going to a good cause. Absolutely. Now, um, when... What are the dates on it? In other words, when they win this trip, is it one where they can kind of pick it and work it out with you on availability, or is it a set date that the, it's, the trip is set for? No, they will contact me, and we'll set up a mutually agreeable date where they can come down and fish with me. And the drawing is going to be next Saturday, I believe, 10 a.m. So you got a whole week to buy a whole bunch of tickets. Yeah, it doesn't take long to do it online. Give them that website again where they can go and get it. That website is auxiliaryraffle.org. Auxiliaryraffle.org. Check it out, and then uh, the following week we'll announce who the lucky winner is. Get to stay at your lodge for two nights at the Spots and Dots Lake House, and then get a great fishing trip with Captain Mike. Mike, uh, boy, the fishing reports have been off the charts this morning. How you guys been doing over there? I tell you, we've been taking advantage of the calm winds and the full moon, and we made a couple of trips out towards the east eastern edge of the marsh and did very well on speckled trout. I had some clients that wanted speckled trout, and we were able to get out there to them, caught a bunch of speckled trout. I was hearing you talk about the uh, proposed new size limits, and I think my catch would have been maybe reduced by 40%. If I had to keep fish 13 and a half inches and above. So not too bad. Wow. Um, we did have a lot of throwbacks, but as long as you, you know, if, I think if you handle them properly and get them back in the water, you won't have too bad of a mortality rate. How do you feel about that half inch? You know, how much difficulty would that be to measure a fish to a half inch rather than a full inch? Oh, I'm sure the people that make rulers can highlight that half inch where <laughs> yeah. we can see exactly, you know, you know, like you catching fish right now and it's low light conditions. It might be a little difficult to see a ruler, but I'm sure the 
the wildlife and fisheries will put out rulers that show you exactly where the 13 and a half mark is. Maybe have a red line on the ruler right there. So I think that's an easy hurdle to get around. Yeah, I don't think that would be as problematic as most people think. Well, we'll see. It's not etched in stone, but the way things are looking, uh, the, the, what I see, there was 16.4% preferred 15 fish and 13 and a half, and the next closest was only half as much support at 7.74, and that was for 12 fish at a straight 13-inch size. And then as far as 25 fish and raise it up to 14, not much support for that, or the one going for 10 fish at 10 in, at 12 inches if we kept it the same. And then they also had another uh, 12 fish limit with a 12 to 20 inch slot size, and that had the least amount of support. And they're going to give that information to the commissioners as far as what the fishermen have said. And believe me, they did pretty extensive research on this. <clears throat> the outreach it was great to reach a lot of people, and they got a lot of input back in. And then it'll be up to the commissioners to decide what they want to do file a notice of intent people will get a chance to comment on it and then probably the next meeting they'll take a final vote on it and probably go into effect next year for the next five years at any rate that's rules and regulations talk a little more fishing red fishing how's it been over in biloxi marsh or have you made a trip there you've been pretty much staying with the specs i I made a couple of trips looking for red fish and there's plenty of red fish in the marsh you just got to get on them early uh, you can catch them in the ponds early, and then as the day progresses and the heat sort of gets hotter, you move into the bayous and places where you have a little more current. Uh, with the small tide today, we may start out in a bayou and give that a try for the first 30, 45 minutes and then take an assessment of you know what we caught and make a decision from there. But they've been still fairly plen- plentiful in the marsh, and the best way to catch them has been market shrimp under a cork has been working real well for them. So not anything too uh, technical with catching the redfish. Uh, I'm looking on the radar, and they got a pretty good-sized storm, but it's out beyond the Biloxi Marsh. It's between the Biloxi Marsh and the Chandelier Island chain, and uh, it's probably one of the biggest ones. There's, there's a bunch of little ones out in the Gulf, and some of them are intense, some are not. And over there around the Plaquemines Parish area, you know, across that peninsula, there's a little bit of a storm there. But I think all that stuff is going to rain itself out, and then you're just going to have some hot, dry weather most of the day. Yeah, I've been watching that same storm system on my radar as I was heading out. I'm kind of parked right here by the l Bridge in Wrigley's by Long Point talking with you. And it was a lot of lightning this morning when it was darker. But like you said, it's not really moving much. It seems to be, just like you said, between Chandelier and the eastern edge of Biloxi Marsh. It'll probably burn out a couple of hours and, and get hot. So um, we're, we're not going to be in, going in that direction. We'll be more towards False Mouth and working in that area along the shoreline. Got it. Mike, before you go, give me that uh, website again for the raffle. i got a couple people texting me wanting to, to repeat it again. You could look it up. You could Google it, the Military Order of the Purple Hearts Auxiliary. And the raffle address is auxiliaryraffle.org. Auxiliaryraffle.org. I got it. And if somebody's missing it, they're welcome to contact me. I'll send them a text back. Mike, thanks so much. If somebody wants to give you a call and find out more availability on trips as we kind of make the turn towards the end of summer and school's getting back in, tell them how to reach you. 
Very simple. You can find me on DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. My website is AAofLA.com, or you can call me on the reliable telephone, which is 985-781-7811. All right, my friend, head out with your new theme music, and we'll see you next week. All right. There he goes. Born on the Bayou. B-O-R-G-N-E, by the way. That's Lake Bourne. All right, we come back after this. Uh, you like to paddle for your fish? So does Brendan Bayard. He's got some good tips for you. Coming up right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And if you like to go stroking for your fish, we got a couple guys help you do that. One of them is named Brendan Bayard. He joins us this morning. This report, by the way, is a presentation of Massey's, along with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. Massey's, you're going to find them in mid-city of New Orleans. They're in Covington. They're in Baton Rouge. And what you'll find inside is some of the best kayak fishing models from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft, and a ton of accessories. Visit the website and see it all at MasseyOutfitters.com. Or you can also check them out on Facebook. Good morning, Brendan. What's going on, my friend? Oh, we're just getting uh, the gear loaded up. We're going to take a little weekend and go out towards the middle of the state, do some bass fishing, some, uh, you know, just hanging out out that way. Um, Mama wants to get the house ready for the uh, Corona class. You know, the kids are starting school next week, and so uh, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be mostly yeah. here in the house. And so she's uh, get out of the house. So I'm going to take all the kids, and we're going to go uh, – Three kayaks in the back of a truck, going to look like the Beverly Hillbillies, and go do some fishing. Well, I don't know if your wife is listening, but I think you got the best part of that deal, taking the kids fishing yeah, while she sets definitely. up schoolhouse. <laughs> no definitely. question about it. Brendan, well, I have gotten some excellent speckled trout reports this week. How's it been for the kayakers? Yeah, we uh, we took two trips last week, went down to uh, towards Grand Isle and fished uh, the kind of the Elmer's Island area. Caught a lot of speckled trout, uh, basically anything we wanted to throw. We stopped uh, before we got there and caught some pogies off the side of the road, went and brought some of those. I really like to use pogies this time of year, um, catch some bigger fish, free line and bigger pogies. Uh, we caught we caught speckled trout as pretty much as fast as we were throwing line bait out there. I was throwing topwater. The kids were throwing bait. Uh, we caught a lot of uh, pogies and, and shrimp pretty easily, uh, fish uh, just casting it in, in the dark. We got there maybe an hour before sunup, uh, had a big old five-gallon bucket of that, and the, and the kids just kept throwing that out. And, you know, anywhere from 14 to 19-inch speckled trout, uh, caught about 30 of them, then moved over to fishing for redfish. Uh, the redfish were a lot slower. We didn't really catch but one redfish. Um, we we caught a bunch of mangrove, uh, little mangrove snappers that uh, were kind of bait stealers. We caught a you know a bunch of hardheads, uh, a sheephead, and uh, you know the assorted trash fish kind of stuff that that happens uh, this time of year along the coast. But uh, redfish a little bit tougher right now. I think if you went to a place that was a little bit uh, you know more specialized for redfish versus just uh in the bayou you know near uh grand Isle, it might be a little bit better if you're if you went up towards uh basons or something like that i think there's a little bit more redfish up that way in the kind of more brackish area of the estuary but uh you live and you learn and we had plenty of meat so i wasn't complaining then we went back to uh shell beach i think on monday or tuesday uh went out there towards lake Bourne the fort and uh caught some bass caught some trout Caught some more redfish over that way. There was a little bit more redfish over there and uh, caught some big black drums. So uh, 
another fun little trip. Uh, fishing's pretty good, especially for, for speckled trout right now. Boy, you have certainly got a, a taste of a variety of fish during the week. Um, crabbing, uh, you know, crabs are, are running pretty good right now. How does someone crab out of a kayak? Do you do any of that out of the kayak? Yeah, I usually uh, just will use one of those uh, public access points on Grand Isle or, you know, we'll take the truck over to uh, the little parking spot in Elmer's Island if it's not too crowded and just kind of run those lines with, uh, you know, where you put a stake in the beach if the, if, the, uh, if the waves aren't too bad to hold those stakes up and then just kind of, you know, run the line with, you know, three or four pieces of, uh, you know, either a drumstick or a chicken neck and you just kind of pull them up and net them one at a time. Um, you know, this time in, in August, they get so thick that, uh, you know, when you walk out on the beach, you can almost step on them every time they're, uh, they're so thick and during their little, uh, late summer migration. They haven't really showed up that thick yet. I'm thinking maybe in a, in a week or two, they'll probably be on the beach really thick, but, uh, be looking for that if you enjoy uh, catching crabs and uh, eating crabs. <laughs> yeah, and some of those little backwater areas off Elmer's Island, you can pick them up too. You know, what, what I like to do with kids is get them a little push-button Zebco and tie a chicken neck on it and have a scoop net and just throw it out there and let that crab hang on for the ride and drag him in and put the yeah, net underneath him. You catch yeah. Do good like that. Yeah, I'll have to definitely do that with the uh, Zebco. That sounds fun. That's a lot of fun. Brendan, thanks for the report. Good luck on your little freshwater trip going out there in the shade and hope you pick up some bass, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time, my friend. All right. Thanks, Don. Take care. All right. Brendan Bayard, one of our two field reporters. Next week you'll hear Eric Mohabarak giving us the Paddler's Report. All right. Coming back after this is the Bad Boy Report. In this case, the Bad Girl Report. Kind of a strange case. <laughs> I tell you, some of our agents, some of the cases they have to make. Well, you hear this one. We're back with it right after this. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right. Uh, welcome back into The Outdoors Show. Uh, you know, people want me to repeat this information on the speckled trout thing. Now, you know, again, all of this was gathered uh, in Wildlife and Fisheries and uh, Sea Grant. I think they did a great job in and, and doing an outreach to get public input. And I think what they got was probably some pretty valuable information. They're going to take this and make a, a recommendation based on what the, the commission directs them to do, or you know, what the commission's preference is, and then they'll form it into a notice of intent, and then it'll be put out there for public scrutiny and then finally voted on and then adopted for probably the next five seasons. Uh, Fifteen fish. 13 and a half inch minimum size. That was the number one preference from the results of the survey and the email. That was not discussed in the public meeting. And although if you look at the, the correlation between what people's thoughts were on the public meetings and the email survey and the website survey, a lot of it was identical. In fact, I think there was a lot of the same people participating in all three. But if that holds true, then I think at the public meetings that 15 fish, 13 and a half inch size probably would have been uh, this is set in stone and we will stay on top of it and we'll also let you know exactly when and where the public uh, meetings will be held. You can always go to a commission meeting uh, with the social distancing. They're limiting the number of people that go in. Uh, there is a Zoom and Internet connection on it. You can tune it in. And it's held in the you generally the first Thursday of every month at uh, 
9.30 or 10 o'clock in Baton Rouge at the commission head, at the Wildlife and Fisheries Headquarters. All right, we're going to pause 10 seconds here. When I come back, <laughs> one of the strangest cases we've ever had on Bad Boys of the Outdoors. We've been doing these for 31 years. This one's a little on the strange side. We'll tell you about our bad girl of the outdoors right after we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, we might need to change that to bad girls, too. We got a strange case that was reported. Uh, wildlife and Fisheries agents uh, cited a St. Martinville woman, Dina Noble, for alleged gross littering July 18th in St. Mary Parish. The agents were on patrol on North Penn Road near Sherrington in St. Mary Parish, and they found seven unopened UPS packages in a ditch that were supposed to be delivered to different addresses. That started an investigation that led them to Dina, the UPS driver, for the route that day. It was suspected the packages were ditched by her in a ditch on the side of the road. Upon further review, the agents talked to Noble, and she admitted to dumping the packages in the ditch. Six of them were rejected by the recipient and were supposed to be returned to the distribution center. The other package she never attempted to deliver. If convicted of gross littering, facing a $900 fine plus 16 hours of community service, which I believe she'll have ample time to perform because if the unnamed source I spoke to is correct, she will, if not already, be fired. 45-year-old Dina Noble of St. Martinville, Louisiana, a bad girl of the outdoors. And you were wondering what happened to that package that never made it. Strange things. All right, we come back after this. Let's talk to the uh, plastic man, Captain Ryan Lim. Looks like they've been getting stormed on a little bit. Boy, it's tight, but looks like it's sitting right over the Cajun Fishing Adventures Lodge. Maybe it's moving out. We'll find out what's going on. Get some fishing info for you right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And let's see if the plastic man's getting wet. Ryan, you at Cajun Fishing Adventures in Bures? Looks like you guys had a little persistent storm just kind of hanging over you there. Yeah, uh, to the southeast a little bit, exactly where it was yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, you know, most of the boys been going <laughs> on the east. I think we ran nine boats yesterday, and eight of them went east, and I went west, and uh, everybody did well. I mean, right now you can just about pick what you want. I mean, you want bull red, you want sight fishing, you want shrimp under a cork, you want trout. I mean, it's been been really good. So today's today's a flip flop. Well, today in the morning, oh, that river. No yeah, that river four five, I think it was, and looks like it's got a little slight rise, but I think that's just a real temporary thing. How low you think that thing can go this year? Well, historically, back in the day when we had low rivers, it would usually can go to about three foot around the second or third week in September. That was the norm, and then it would just turn emerald green and just. The, the fireworks would start, but I think everything's so happy to see it down for the first time in so many years that it's it's on. I mean, it's 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 good. I mean, day before yesterday, I went out and I hit a you know a few thumper trout, and when that you know the tide was just slacking off, and I said, well, let's go sight fish, and we sight fished fourteen reds in one hour, and all of like twenty five inch fish. I mean. Just perfect. Then we caught a few bull reds. I mean, you could just pick what you wanted to go to and just find the bait. And yesterday I went and I caught a hundred trout and 
you had you, you had to look at the bait and they had different fish and different bait pods. So I just moved around and, and uh, the, the bigger fish will always be under the mullets. So if you find some nice schools of mullets, fish that and you'll catch bigger trout. You know, if you're, you're fishing shrimp and, and uh, you know, schooling fish, you know, that's what you're going to catch. You know, if, if you see shrimp jumping, normally it's not the big trout. I've, I've caught big trout under the shrimp, you know, but historically under the mullets is where I catch my bigger trout. Have you seen any algal blooms out there this year? Well, day before yesterday we had it. Um, you know, when, when the tr- the tide wanes like it's going to do right now. So today and tomorrow there will probably be pretty good algae blooms because when the, when the tides slack off and stop moving that water around, it, it sits there and, and the, it heats up really. It, boom, it just sucks the oxygen out of it. So you got to be careful of that today and tomorrow and then, you know, Monday the tides will start back and we'll – We'll get back with the program, but yeah, you'll get that when the when the rivers fall. And you know, anytime you put, uh, I don't care what lake you're in, the lake right here in my yard is the same way. You put some good fresh water in it, and it, it makes an algae bloom, and it goes away. I mean, it's just part of it. You know, you can watch when all the fishing shows on TV. You see every lake in the country's got an algal bloom. It's just it's just what it does. But uh, you got to one thing you got to watch is a bunch of new land. They got boats running the ground everywhere. I look. I see. <laughs> you got you got to be careful where you go. I mean, it's way out there too. So, it's a it's a good time of year. Just you have to be careful. All right. Now, you know, part of your business is is duck hunting, and at the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting, uh, the biologists, after getting all this input from hunters all across the state through a various uh, methods of emails and surveys and public hearings. Here's what they're recommending to the commission, that they go with two zones, an east and west zone, and two splits, which basically would give you three opening days, and that would be good from the 2021 season all the way through 25. We set it at five years at a time now. Now, this map, if you haven't seen it, uh, people can see it on the Wildlife and Fisheries website. They finally got it posted this morning. It's that old strange deal where you, on the eastern end of the state, would be considered the west zone because it's basically a coastal They, I think they should call it... Well, maybe they couldn't call it coastal because the west go, goes all the way up to Shreveport. It's just a, a tricky thing. But when you say that Venice is in the west zone, it, it's very confusing. Are you happy with that? Two zones only instead of three zones and two splits, which gives you a little bit of chance for those ducks to rest and you have three opening days, basically. Well, the only thing I look at is is if it's better to open it all at one time because we get such an influx of people Everybody wants to get that opening day, and, and people from all over the, the country and the state come down here for that opening day, so they'll, they'll hit two opening days. But, you know, I'd like to see them open both zones on the same day. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever they could do, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to I'm gonna hunt 60 days, and I'm going to stay out there and figure them out and hunt them. So if I got aquatic vegetation and a food source, I'm going to kill my ducks. So, you know, I don't get too involved in the politics of it all unless something gets really radical. I'd like to see less pressure on the ducks and, you know, less people running around in, in our, in the mud boats these days. I use them too, but you know, they gotta, people gotta be smarter about it. Stop running 24 hours a day all over the marsh. Just ducks gotta rest. And if they're going to rest, they're going to go offshore in those big, big bays and they're going to sit there all day and come in at night. And it just makes it more difficult for everyone. 
So are you in favor of the, the, the two different splits where you basically got three opening days that way? We've had that before. Um, yeah, we've had it before. I, I don't care. You know, it's, uh, it's it kind of gives us a little rest a couple of days. But if if you can coincide those splits with with low tide days, I'm all for it. <laughs> but they don't look at those kind of things. <laughs> well, that, that's the that's you the know? kicker. Yeah, that's the kicker with that you kind get, of a thing. I mean, because the season would be closed, you might have some really good conditions that you'd want to take advantage of—a front coming through, or, or something like that. Where you know, without having so many closures, you'd, you'd you'd have a better opportunity to pick your days if you're able to do that. Yeah, and then if they have one split right right there in January when you have all these big negative tides and the whole split is sitting right in the negative tide zone, you will not be able to fish any days in that in that tide without. You know, you the blinds are behind dry. You can, you know, you won't even be able to get to them. So, and this year we have a lot of that. I've got uh, many days marked off in January we we can't book because of ties negative three or more. Because once you get to negative three, negative four, the the marsh goes dry, so you can't even get to the blinds. So you don't even hunt it. Ryan, uh, how's your teal bookings going? You got some openings for teal season. We're not that far away. I don't. I've only got three or four more days that I can put anybody else at the lodge. My September and October is going to be so busy that you know the lodge is completely full. I've, I've canceled so much; it's incredible. But here I am now. You know, my fall is going to be great if if you know people can come and get away from this COVID stuff. And you know, we've we've still we've been busy uh, with just last minute stuff it's been good so um you know i if if i can take like three or four more days of teal hunters and the rest of it's going to be you know just fishing is just jammed up so we'll be good gotcha look save me a spot uh chef john fultz has sent me on the mission i I gotta give him some teal uh he wants whole pluck teal for a recipe we're gonna do is he gonna come help pluck them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. hey, he's got somebody who would do it i promise you if i brought any oh, birds with feathers that. on him he could take care of them no doubt <laughs> yeah no doubt yeah well, you know him he doesn't like to waste that. anything no I know we have a plucker do, yeah. that we can take Automatic care of plucker. five seconds yeah so yeah we'll we'll take yeah. care of that for john in fact I want to be there because he can cook. Uh, man, he can cook some stuff and no one is yeah, you need to come so, up I there guess. with us on our next taping yeah, I'll do that. On on that speckled trout thing, that's what they make them permanent markers for. You can just take a, a nice fine line in between 13 and 14 and, and split it in half, and I think everybody will be good. Because, like, yesterday, I caught 100 trout yesterday, and that's a lot, a lot of fish. Not only to clean, but, you know, my customers, they must have six gallons or of fish with those 100 trout. And, you know, it's that's a lot of fish. <laughs> So uh, yeah, whatever yeah. I'm, I'm getting. Well, before you go, uh, one thing. You may remember I told you uh, my wood ducks stopped showing up about three or four weeks ago, and I was wondering what happened to them if they didn't love me anymore uh, or what. But uh, two of them showed up this week, and I figured out what it was. I should have known. The molt. They were in the molt, and they couldn't fly, so they couldn't get here. But I had two uh, showed up, and let late. me tell you that Drake looked like he finished ten round. 
Yeah, he yeah, but that's what it is. And he looked like he had ten rounds with Mike Tyson. He looked so rough. He was trying to get his wow. feathers back and get pretty again. So anyway, I haven't lost them. That's where they were, you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, life goes on. Watch it. Yeah, buddy, it did. It Cajun did. Fishing Adventures dot com. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, just a little while ago. unexpected, so. I know. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it wasn't. So we're going to take care of that for a few days, and uh, then we'll get back to it. Yes, you will. So, Our condolences to the family, Ryan. Thanks for being uh, with us. We really appreciate you coming through. We appreciate it. Take care. All right, thank you. Captain yeah. Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures. You can call him. Uh, I wouldn't call him in the next few days, but maybe call the office over there at Cajun Fishing Adventures. Get your information for your trip. You want to go down there and do some fishing or duck hunting or do both at the same time. Great place to do it. Great people. All right, we come back. I'm going to wrap it up with some of your text messages. Want to get one in? It's 504-260-1870. It is the Mortgage Financial Text Line. You get it in right here in real time in the studio. Back to wrap it up after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, getting ready to wrap up here in just a couple of minutes. Let me get to some of your text messages. We can't get them all in, but we'll try to get as many as we can. Uh, this one says, can we remember officially our great Tofio Bourgeois next week? Uh, it's his day soon. Thanks. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. We will have some, uh, we'll hear some of the famous audio sound bites from uh, Tofio from some of the earlier days as we approach the anniversary of his death. Uh, happened on August 18th, so next Saturday morning we'll be celebrating uh, the life and uh, the, the the relationship that Tofio had with you, the listeners out here, and let you listen to him once again. All right, we have uh, this one says, I can't recall a Saturday morning, haven't listened to you. Even bought an earpiece to listen to me in the deer stand. Quick message lets you know you mean a lot to a lot of people. Well, thanks for that, uh, Bo. Glad to know. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you can hear those deer. And you got to be careful what you listen. Keep just one ear open and one on the radio. <laughs> Thanks again, Bo. All right, here's one that says a dog tested positive for the corona. Can fish get corona-19? I think he means COVID. Um, that's from Dewey in Metairie. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, it's very rare. Uh, I got a horse I'm treating with dexamethasone, which is the treatment for COVID, but uh, it's not what he's got. He's got some other allergy. I would imagine... I don't know about fish. I don't think that I think they're safe as long as they stay in the water. Uh, here's one who want to know who sings a song from our break. Uh, the name of the song was uh, "She Thinks We're Just Fishing," which uh, is is the great Trace Atkins, and what a wonderful song! It's got a really good underlying message, and if you're not familiar with it, you hear bits and pieces of it as a rejoinder here, but. Uh, you might want to listen to the complete song. She thinks we just fishing is the name of it. All right, here's one said, I'm sorry, I just tuned in. What kind of fish are you talking about at 630 with a 15-fish bag limit and a 13-and-a-half-inch length? That would be speckled trout. And here's a comment on the seasons uh, for duck hunting in Louisiana. Uh, Mr. Don used to love that split season, give them ducks time to settle down. Nothing like having them working a good duck call. That's from Flat Point Big Mike. Uh, yeah, well, splits, uh, you know, the theory is you give the ducks a, a little bit of a breather or rest. You shut it down for a week at a time, and looks like we may be headed for two of those splits, which means you're looking at three opening days. But the, the drawback to that is if during that closure uh, you happen to get some good weather approaching front, uh, good tides for the people that, that base their hunts on, on tides, uh, you you may be missing out. So there's always give and take in all of it. 
right. Uh, well, here comes Reed. He's getting ready to sing again. Just one last word, because some of you were commenting about this uh, controversy with the National Rifle Association. All I can say about that, uh, it could be political. I, I can't verify any of that, but it's not uncommon that sometimes the top people in these nonprofit organizations do uh, a little bit of greedy skimming. That may be the case, but I don't think that would weaken the association. It shouldn't because the association is not those four or five top dogs. It's the people, the millions of people that they represent. And if not that organization, there'll be another one to protect the Second Amendment. But uh, time will tell what's going on with the NRA. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you for joining us. I hope you'll tune us again next week, each and every week. We do this from 5 to 7 a.m. every Saturday morning. We call it Dark and Early on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.